Part 17 of Confessions of Two Brothers This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Confessions of Two Brothers by John Cooper Powys and Llewellyn Powys. Confessions by Llewellyn, Section 6. From Monacute to Gigel. September 4th. Travelled up to London, slept at Cheswick in a little back garden. The moon was in the sky and the pear trees were everywhere, motored up to Blackwell docks. We were held up outside Tilbury for some hours. Across Essex Flats I could see a church tower, tranquil and with the afternoon sunshine upon it. September 5th. There are tiresome people at my end of the table. Opposite sits a lady who looks like a prostitute with her fixed beady eyes and immobile perfumed breasts. A little way off, however, there is an English parson, a typical public school man whose appearance is as familiar and reassuring as an oak tree or Norman arch. September 7th. A horrible night. I could not sleep at all. Was sick continually. The curious, wishy-washy smell of the cabin nauseated me. I tried to drink soda water and was sick. I tried to eat grapes and was sick. Crept out on deck as soon as it was light and was confronted by an ice-cold grey sea rolling and heaving as far as the eye could see. Lay in my deck chair all the morning, watching white waves on the very borders of the horizon rise and fade and be submerged forever. September 9th watched the sun go down behind a wall of black clouds rays of light fell in lines upon the water where a single bird was flying a mere dot in the sky september eleventh slept on deck in the morning a sailor showed me a flying fish which had got stranded on deck i liked to see its sharp spiky fins all day there were shoals of them skimming over the waves flying not for the joy in their hearts but for the terror September 12th. During the afternoon we were all excited by the appearance of a huge ship on the horizon. It made as though it would round us up, however, to our great relief it turned out to be British. September 14th. During the morning there were two torrential downpours of rain and we had to seek shelter. In the afternoon a bird with black and white bars and crested head appeared suddenly flying after the ship. It was a hoopoe. Other little birds alighted on the gunwale. Also moths fluttered about the deck. Evidently we are not far from land. September 17th. All night the sea was illuminated by strange submarine lights, shimmering now here, now there, like a kind of water lightning. September 18th. Sat talking with the Eurasian doctor, a charming fellow with a bald head, bushy black moustache, and skin like old ivory. When we are dead, we are dead, he said, laughing the hissing serpent laugh characteristic of Indians. September 19th. Sighted Ascension Island at 11 o'clock. I lay on my couch at the back of the ship and watched the mountains grow larger and larger and turn from grey to blue and from blue to mauve. The island is volcanic. It looks as though it had only just cooled down from a molten state and that the sea must still hiss around its rocks. 
above us sharp-winged swallow-tailed seagulls sailed to and fro and below in an indigo sea great finned sharks were cruising september twenty second in the morning approached st helena red scoratic cliffs rising bolt out of the sea went on shore but could get no carriage to take me up to longwood drifted up the main street very desolated and dilapidated it was with old black trots dusty chickens and lean cats everywhere as i was being rowed back to the ship i noticed the dry cracked dirty feet of the negro and thought how like they were to the claws and hoofs of animals with their toughness and clinging discoloured nails september twenty fourth woke early as silent moving figures were swilling down the deck watched the white dawn spread over the sea in the afternoon sat talking with the tees what has made this fragile girl an atheist september twenty sixth an albatross appeared a single albatross and kept sailing after the ship with beautiful owl-like curves its wings wide outstretched i had my dinner by the light of the moon as all the ship was darkened from fear of the germans september twenty seventh talked with the little doctor who was going out to investigate the tsetse fly and learned from him how we are surrounded by innumerable minute intelligences in the evening sat next to mrs t she did not want to go to bed when her husband arrived so she caressed his hand cm bullied mr powis forced to go to bed i am not forcing i am only persuading and i remember nature's words all women are either cats or birds october first cape town it rained in the morning but by twelve o'clock it began to look brighter i went into the town and walked up the green avenue and into the gardens the gravel was steaming and there were heavy scents in the air i came upon a statue of cecil rhodes looking very absurd with its black baggy breeches september third wasted all the day waiting to set sail as a matter of fact we did not get off until six o'clock i stood near dr h as we sailed in the direction of the sinking sun which was making all the lower part of the sky yellow behind a full moon was rising pale lily white nietzsche hated the moon he called it sly cat of the roofs piously stalking over the star carpets we have strayed like lost sheep we have followed the devices and desires of our own hearts why not why ever not forgiveness salvation what do they mean why salvation why forgiveness forgiveness for what so we chatted on as we glided past the twelve apostles in the cool of the evening october fourth sat talking with h he remembered well seeing a yellow ray of the sinking sun shine through the muslim curtain of his nursing home and thinking to himself that there would be no more sunshine for him the next day i was suffering pain he said it makes me very angry now to think how much pain i was suffering useless useless pain what a creation it is think of it consider it for a moment god creates animals but carnivorous animals also god creates fishes 
but carnivorous fishes also. The whole of creation is harassed in this way. That explains why in East Africa the animals have no fat on them. They are too harassed to grow fat even. October 5th. Very rough in the morning, I talked with Dr. L, the entomologist, an alert little man who was surely an insect himself in his pre-incarnation. He told me how the tropical jungle was teeming with life, how every twig and branch was alive, not only on the surface but inside also, how the evidence of the underworld as to the existence of God was ever ambiguous, was ever a yea and a nay. He told of the driver ants and how they drive all before them, how even elephants turn out of their way and how on many different occasions he had observed a rapid migration of all creeping things before a column of them, mice and rats running for their lives and grasshoppers leaping and leaping. October 6th. Reached Durban at 6 o'clock. Observed the public buildings by their lack of originality reflecting exactly the colonial taste. I wandered away down odd by-streets full of men with dusty bird's claws for feet. October 10th. At breakfast saw a turtle paddle past us with absolute aplomb, its brown shell gleaming in the sunshine. In the evening sat talking with Miss N and nodded with Onwe. Onwe, some women are intended for embraces alone. October 14th. In the morning, a warship appeared on the horizon. She turned out to be British, and soon after she had passed, we changed our course to the south of the island. By two o'clock, we were lying off Zanzibar, the remains of the unfortunate Pegasus still visible. I went on shore, the streets narrow and cool, almost like passages, the doorways decorated with Arabic carving within, cavernous shops with bright-eyed Indians squatting about in them, curious. The unmistakable smell of Arab towns, a sweet smell, a smell of silken oriental tapestries and black and brown humanity. October 15th. Woke as a strange rose-coloured dawn spread itself over Zanzibar. The pale crescent of the moon was under its spell. So were the motionless clouds, so were the tropical-shaped coconut trees of which fringed the further hills. October 16th. Arrived at Nambassa, and after some difficulty got my luggage through the customs and settled myself in the Uganda train. By next morning we had left behind the dry scrub country and were crossing vast grass plains with the sun drenching down upon them. One saw many wild animals, heart beasts, giraffes, zebras and gazelles. From time to time, the train stopped at stations and we looked out at Indians, at queer black men with decorated mangled ears, at tin-roofed houses and at burning hot earth. October 18th. Arrived at Gilgil, a place 20 miles from the equator, with an altitude of 8,000 feet. The sun went down and immediately the darkness echoed and quivered with weird, unfamiliar sounds. It is certainly an amazing country, this country of midnight murmurs, of burnished ebony men, of spotted, golden-haired animals, a country vast, profound, inexplicable, 
What beast, for instance, gave utterance to the agonized terror-stricken screams which I heard in the forest at the back of the house? And why are the cedar trees so gnarled and so strangely bearded? And who made that iron rock for the cold black mountain stream to flow over, here in a country where no church towers are and no pear trees grow? End of part 17